0: Welcome back to another episode of Eatin' Asphalt, uh, a podcast episode number eight. We just got done watching our race in Barcelona. A real riveter, huh, Matthew?
1: Just as we predicted.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, another Lewis win. Nothing, um, you know, nothing too crazy happened. There was some like, kind of little bit of a strategy uh, debate, but we will get into all of that. On today's episode, we're going to do a little bit of a race recap. We will do some recent headlines that are going on in the world of Formula One, a race predictions recap, and possibly some FAQs if we get to them. So let's start off with this uh, this race recap. Marco, what would you think?
1: Yeah, no, I think everything that we were saying leading up to this is really kind of how it played out. You know, there was those attempts to change up on turn 10 to potentially make some more lines to do some overtakes that didn't really play out. It seems like a lot of the racers were kind of hoping some of these changes were going to pan out, but it inevitably all ended up being the exact same thing as a typical race where overtakes were very hard to go by. And, you know, Lewis really, you know, after about halfway through the halfway through the race, after passing Max, just kind of took it away from there. So, uh, yeah, exactly what we went into it, you know, low expectations, high hopes, but uh, those low expectations, I felt like were matched a little bit.
0: Yeah, agreed. So starting off with Mercedes, um, obviously uh, a pretty standard weekend for them. Got the P1, P3, so double podium. Um, Lewis having a pretty good race. It kind of came down to a strategic battle between the two of them. Uh, Max pitted a little earlier than I think Mercedes were looking for, and Mercedes saw that as an opportunity. Since Bottas was third to say, okay, we'll just go ahead and you know we'll we'll run lewis a little bit and then we'll leave valtteri um you know to to kind of pick up that other strategy. So I think overall good weekend for them. I think um this race kind of seemed like Red Bull's given them some trouble this season, but I don't think it's been, you know, in their face uh, or I don't think it was as much in their face in in Barcelona.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think kind of moving on to Red Bull, you know, Max is done exactly what max has needed to do as he's done all all year it's you know looking at it's looking at perez which we've been really trying to figure out this entire year his his season has definitely been a a yo-yo season he has been struggling to qualify and even when he does place a little lower when you expect the card that they do have with red bull you would expect him to kind of make up that ground pretty well and he even struggled the entire time i believe he only made up you know three or four spots throughout the entire race and so you know it's it's kind of definitely put into question whether he's going to be able to put this back up uh I I feel like Horner he says this with every single driver he has but he has you know complete faith in him as he gets more time under the car he'll figure it out but it is definitely going to start to worry some people just the fact that you know he hasn't really gotten under control after you know these handful of races but obviously a ton of ton of season uh a ton of season left to go
0: yeah, he came on the radio and said it's like hungry all over again um, when you know kind of the strategies were when, when both teams were basically showing their hands as far as strategy goes, just because hungry in 2019, this exact same thing happened where Max pitted a little early. Lewis stayed out and then Lewis had fresher tires to eventually pass Max. Um, so he said it, you know he said he called a shot. It was like it's, it's like hungry all over again, but they didn't really do anything. I don't know what they could have done, but man, it's just another kind of getting, getting cucked out of a win. On Red Bull's part and on Max's part. But yeah, like you said, man, this is where they need Sergio so badly. Like a 2v1 battle is so hard to go up against when, you know, the track isn't super keen to overtakes and tactics are so much more important. So Mercedes kind of gets two different strategies to try while Red Bull have to hope and pray that, you know, the one that they have is the right one. So usually in, uh, in most scenarios, even if it's the right one, it doesn't pan out for them. But you know, it was just kind of uh, another race, another day at the office for Red Bull.
1: Has has the entire season? Have all the races been in Paris?
0: Because I feel I like know. Lewis
1: and Valtteri Bottas has been taking Max to Paris every single night. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we don't have to. We're not going to play that. But I just thought uh, it was yes, we funny. are. I'm leaving. That in. I'm...
0: <laughs> you were you're we like, what explicit? are you going? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, where are you going with this, dude? I, I was like, wait, is he, is he going to do? <laughs> All right, Jesus Christ, back on track. So moving on to McLaren, um, pretty solid race from them. Lando didn't get in his top five, which we're used to seeing him at this point, um, but he still had a pretty good race, finishing up P eight. And then Ricardo, we finally he has arrived, Marco. He's he did it.
1: He did it.
0: He's done it. He's uh, he's back. I mean, overall, like I didn't think he qualified poorly, uh, but his race was just super good. seems like he's finally getting a lot more comfortable with that car, and time's going to tell, and and Monaco, which is a place that he's won before, um, is going to be super telling on whether or not this guy's, you know, whether or not that was just kind of like a a one step forward, two steps back kind of thing, or if he's really getting his hands around this car.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we've been, yeah, we've been saying this for so many of these Newer drivers that it's bound to click and hopefully this is something that you know you can start building on and it's not going to be uh, you know an up and down situation but he's been saying that he's starting to figure it out the last couple of weeks and it's finally great to see that the result actually matches you know this this potential progression that he's been showing so very happy for him and happy for McLaren being able to continue to hold this this third spot and it's gonna, seems like it's gonna be a really fun little competition between the the three and four with with, with McLaren and Ferrari.
0: Yep. Talk about Ferrari, you Italian. Yeah.
1: Yeah, speaking of Ferrari, uh, another great outing for Charles Leclerc finishing 4th and Carlos Sainz also having a, a very strong finish as well finishing 7th. It seems like this is kind of where both of them have been the entire year with Sainz kind of being in that 5 to 8 range and and Leclerc being in that kind of 3 to 5 3 to 6 range. Uh but it it, it is great to see it seems like you know, just comparing that to last year, that that this change year over year has been incremental in in their success. And it looks like, you know, that they're kind of showing some glimpses of
0: the, the Ferrari of old. Love it. And finally our fifth place team, Alpine. Um, Alpine were supposed to have a great race in Catalonia, just kind of slow corners. Their cars adapted toward that. Um, Esteban Alcon had a great day qualifying fifth uh, and finishing ninth. Um, Fernando Alonso didn't have a great time at all, it looked like. So he was supposed to be you know kind of up there, got the energy of the home crowd, even though there's only like, what, one or 2,000 people there. Uh, and then he finishes just barely ahead of the two Haases. So a uh, bit of a stinker for him. I don't think this is going to really get any better for them. I think they're going to be in fifth place for maybe next, re- next race and the following, but I just can't really see them holding on to that. And hopefully, you know, Aston Martin starts to wake up or... Um, you know, Another team kind of overtakes them, maybe AlphaTauri. So we'll see with them.
1: Yeah, and it was kind of a, a bummer to see Fernando just because in qualifying, he was actually posting some good times. I know Q2, I think he was up in like a top eight spot in, in Q2, ended up being in, in 10th. And then, yeah, just to drop seven places on, this, on a grid that it's really hard to do overtakes. So, I mean, he was just clearly did not have great pace today. It was a bummer, I uh, had high expectations on him. I know I uh, put all my dice on the table with him and, and doing well, so the fact that he did not was a bit of a stinger for me as well.
0: yeah, bummer of a race for Alonzo um, and speaking of which we want to get to a short break here and acknowledge our sponsor. The Eden Asphalt podcast is brought to you by Alonzo's slow cooked chicken. No need to move fast when you're at home. It's not a race when you're cooking in your home country. You just take in the sights from the field of Spain. Well, everyone around you is moving so quickly and in such a hectic way, sometimes it's nice to stop and smell the flowers of the land of bullfighting. When everything around you just feels too fast, try Alonzo's slow-cooked chicken. Alonzo's slow-cooked chicken. Nobody does it slower than us, except Haas.
1: <laughs> except Haas. Mmm, that chicken is sure
0: good. <laughs> the chicken. He says chicane, like, in the Spanish way, so it sounds like chicken. And so I've seen some memes around there and made me giggle.
1: Well, yeah, huge shout-out to... Alonzo's slow cooked chicken be sure to check that out in your local grocery store and moving on we are going to go through some recent headlines so we got a a handful on for this week Uh, you know you want to take it off
0: I do so Gunther Steiner came out and said it really shows who's in command when Toto was talking to race control Um, I'm pretty sure all drivers can talk to race control but uh, but yeah Toto's kind of showing him who daddy is was was pretty fun.
1: Yeah, I, I think everyone can reach out to race control except for the Haas. So I think Gunther was probably learning something new, being like, oh, like, you guys, you guys have access to this? Oh, yeah. They usually, when a Haas <laughs> tries to complain about something, they're like, oh, here they go, mute. And they're like, oh, okay, we're going to get this. To the site. <laughs> because right. this is clearly, clearly trivial when they're trying to speak to us. Uh, coming up next, uh, some recent headlines about, especially with the rise of American popularity with Formula One. People have been talking about potentially bringing in an American F1 driver, and there was an article about the an American F1 driver coming in. It's just unfortunately not in the near future. There is no drivers and no American drivers in F2, but there is actually four in F3. So we're hoping that maybe you know two, three, four years down the line that we're going to start seeing this. But it's the fact that they're even having these conversations just to show that they know that the popularity is really growing here, and they're they're definitely going to want to. Ca- um, they're definitely going to want to cater to the American crowd, especially adding that that new race in Miami as well.
0: Yeah, love it. Americans are taking over the European sports, baby. First it's soccer, and now Formula One. So, perfect. We got another headline that said Lewis was wanting to get his contract confirmed by summer break. If you listen very closely, that is all the F1 fans shedding one single tear, uh, because I think that they were... Talking about a two year extension, which means that should everything go well for Lewis this year, uh, Lewis could go a 10 season world champion or 10 time world champion, rather. Um, so, yeah, we're about to see a lot more of the same, I think, for the next couple of years, Marco.
1: You're just going to see if this does pull off, it's 19 other drivers just crying and nine other teams just. So upset that this is still ha- still being a thing. All right, battle for second and third. And then on the other end of the spectrum, our favorite, our one and only Nikita Mazepin, was issued a three-place grid penalty for impeding in the lap of McLaren's Lando Norris in the first three rounds of qualifying. The this is the second week in a row, I believe, that he has had this grid penalty when he was impeding on Perez. Unfortunately, this really hurt him in qualifying, as he was actually already in 20th prior to the penalty. So it was just more of a, hey, you know, you're that bad. We just still have to put this down on you. But another Nikita mishap. You know, this guy just can't catch a break. It seems like everyone's out to get him for,
0: <laughs> for some reason, everyone's out to get him. I have two takes on this. The first is the FIA trying to punish Nikita Mazepin when he's already in 20th is like when you're grounded and you get sent up to your room. But your parents are still mad at you, so like it's like they take away your bed. There's like, all right, well, you can't have like we have to punish you further. It's just so ridiculous. Like, this guy's this guy's too bad of a driver. But Toto, when he was talking to race control, which we talked about earlier, he was complaining about Mazepin. This is a way to get good, like back in the good graces of the F1 world. Like, most people don't like a Lewis victory because it can be boring. Most everybody hates Mazepin, not just for his on-track bullshit, but, you know, very much so for, you know, off-track stuff. This could be a strategy to get people like you again. Just slow Lewis down, ignore the blue flags. You're not going to be penalized further than you already are for being a bad driver, and you're going to spice up the races.
1: Honestly, all other teams, I think, are going to fully be okay with him eating this. Maybe they'll throw a little bit of money under the table to Haas because they're desperately in need of it. So I think everyone kind of wins in this situation.
0: I love it. Um... Moving on, uh, turn 10, the big cracked up, oh, this is what's going to make Barcelona not a total snooze fest of a race, really didn't do a damn thing. I think we were less than five overtakes on that turn 10, totally making up that number, so it could be any number that's not five. But uh, yeah, <laughs> didn't really do a full thing in, in, uh, in terms of actually like making the race exciting.
1: No, not at all, and yeah, we definitely had, as I we had mentioned earlier, drivers kind of hoping that this would this would improve it, but yeah, inevitably, just a real dud, and cool. kind of going, yeah, great for us, thanks, uh, and then kind of going along with that, so there's been some talks with potentially that Catalonia may be out of the F1 tracks for the next couple of years. I believe that they do not have a contract starting next year with them. This was kind of a late ad, I believe, in 2021 as the whole COVID situation that they were kind of picking up some of these tracks, um, you know, maybe that would have been outside of the norm. So honestly, I, I know it's been a historic track. It's definitely something that just needs to change. They're going to have to do kind of a, a, a major track upgrade or they're going to just have to start moving on from this just because, yeah, there's they've gotten too many negative feedback of how boring this race is.
0: Just make it a full-time testing to where at the beginning of the season, that's where we go. That way you don't have to totally get rid of it, rid of it. but like there's no GPs there where we're wasting a damn weekend. But anyway, I feel like an old man yelling at a cloud. Bottas uh, is in the news saying that he is not here to let people buy. He's here to race. This is when Lewis was coming up behind him and his team was saying, hey, let Lewis buy, let Lewis buy. Um, and he said he didn't really do it at first like he didn't try to let Lewis by um, which I hope that's not the case because Lewis got by pretty handily <laughs> um, but, but yeah I get the sentiment that you know he's not he's there to be a race driver like right he's not there to just be a, a show pony that gets third place but at the same time dude you're a show pony that's supposed to get second or third place like there's very much a number one and number two driver at Mercedes and that's not going to change
1: yeah, it's like almost like Valtteri's on his little soapbox. And they're like, hey, yeah, you got it. Toto and Lewis are right below him being like, you tell them. do You tell those critics. And then he gets back and they're like, all right, back in the corner.
0: Yeah, Valtteri, Valtteri. <laughs> and then the doors close and then they're like, all right, shut up. Get, under get the- a hold
1: of this guy thinking he's not the number two driver. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the number one driver over here. <laughs> Uh, speaking of the number one driver, Lewis, I feel like we hear this a lot, but uh, this was pretty prevalent in this last one. Lewis saying that these tires are gone very, very early in the race. And and it feels like even the, the announcers were talking about this, that Mercedes will kind of have these conversations on the line just like to mess with people and get people off track. My question is, who is listening that was going to benefit for like that would benefit from um, you know, Mercedes messing with them.
0: Yeah. Or who believes this?
1: Yeah. Who's like, is McLaren on this being like, Oh, he said his tires are, tra- are, are, are trashed. You know? <laughs> no, Maybe I don't think they're him. saying that. Yeah. No, I think like, <laughs> like, I don't know who they're trying to joke around and like mess with, but like, I, I just didn't understand that.
0: I think that Lewis Hamilton in all of his glory is such a good driver that he has to make, he a tries to make it exciting for everybody and B is trying to fight some fatigue of people just thinking that he's like the king like people getting tired of being like oh yeah Lewis is good so he has to be like oh well it you know the tires were gone it was it was so it's such a tough race but you know I still kept kept you know kept on keeping on and all you little kids can too is probably some shit he would say so yeah dude i don't know this one was so ridiculous like he was chasing down max who was on tires that he started on at the beginning of the race and so it was like yeah well <laughs> i mean your tires aren't good but I think the, the engineer, he was even like, yeah, uh, Max's tires are probably worse. He was like, oh, yeah, definitely they are. It's like, dude, shut up. <laughs> just just race and go get first place so we can
1: Everyone get it. knows you're about to pass them. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to just make a sob story about your situation.
0: Exactly. All
1: right, yeah, great information. That does it for our recent headlines. And up next is talking about a race prediction recap. But before we do that, we do have another ad to talk about. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Ambien. Ambien is clinically proven to treat insomnia for people of all ages. As a matter of fact, Ambien, along with 50 other drugs and sleep remedies, were tested on which performs the best. So out of the 50 items, Ambien placed second in terms of efficiency, effectiveness, timeliness, and experience. The only other item that outperformed Ambien was watching the 2021 Spanish Grand Prix. Please speak to your doctor before taking Ambien. Do not take Ambien if you are pregnant or pretending to be pregnant. Do not take... Do not take before <laughs> Do not do not take before driving unless you want to know what it feels like to be Nikita Mazepin trying to keep up with the rest of the grid. Ambient, when boring F1 races aren't on, we're the next best thing.
0: Thank you Ambient. That was a that man loved that partnership. Hopefully we can continue them. We've also loved the kickbacks of the care packages that they've sent us. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Take appropriately, though. Please take appropriately.
0: Yeah, we learned that lesson quick. Um, All right, moving on to race predictions. Going into this race, uh, Marco was ahead four to three. So we'll just go down the line here and talk about our selections, maybe why uh, we picked them. Most of them, it's just a guess, and how we fared. So starting off, uh, who did we think was going to crash or DNF? Marco?
1: Lance Stroll, so obviously I had said that he had been kind of a a yo-yoing kind of guy last year, a lot of decent finishes, but a lot of DNFs or crashes, and he has not been doing that at all. He's been really just below middle of the pack, so an extremely boring driver that was once a a pretty exciting driver to watch, so that's been a real bummer for, for my side of things as well as picking this race prediction.
0: Yep. Uh, another guy who's been having a rough go of it is Sebastian Vettel. He finished 13th, just can't seem to get his, his stuff together. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost sad at this point, but yeah, neither of us got, uh, the DNF correct. it stands three to four, three Ian four Marco. Moving on to the winner. I used one of my four Lewis Hamilton selections, uh, to pick the winner of the race. Lo and behold, I was right.
1: And I went with the next box option with Max, and I was not. So we're down to four Lewis counts for me left and three for Ian.
0: And also tied at four. Last place, we, uh, not too tough to guess this one, but we both got it right, selecting Mazapin.
1: Yep, it seems like it's kind of a gentleman's rule on that we're just going to, we're fine with overlapping on this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and are for the rest of the season, which... Again, I, I will change that as soon as I see him not get last place. But until that, we're going to ride this you know, all the way to the end of the season, I hope.
1: I, I sure do, too. Something that we can kind of come, come together and you know, agree on a little bit of camaraderie between these
0: predictions. There's so much divisiveness in the world that it's good to have one thing that unifies one you, thi- even if it's that, that
1: guy. We all can come together and just say, this guy. Ugh, this yoics. guy
0: fucking <laughs> stinks.
1: <laughs> and moving on, so driver of the day, I went with Charles Leclerc, and I thought he actually had a really nice race. I think he was up in the top three for driver of the day, so I do want to pat myself on the back for not getting this right, but being kind of close.
0: Yep, and I was on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh picking Fernando Alonso, who had probably the worst race per, like for how good your car is out of the whole entire grid. Um Yeah. Driver of the day turned into uh, really idiot of the day. None of us got that one there. Speaking of things of the day, our summer's eve douche of the day brought to you by summer's eve. Uh, tell me why. Tell me why you picked your pick.
1: So I was pretty close on the. I mean, Carlos Sainz. I thought he was going to get a little aggressive, being back home, try to improve, uh, try to impress everyone a little bit too much, and might get a little a little reckless out there. He did not do any of that, and actually had a decent race.
0: Yep. Which is not bad. I mean, we like that. We like Carlos. Yeah. Um, I picked Geminazzi, just like his personality, like his team, the car, everything about him. He's very average, you know, top of the bell curve, neither good nor bad. So, yeah, can't really say the douche of the day. Do we have a pick for who the douche of the day would have been? I
1: I was thinking that, I I, I mean, I kind of have to resort to, I guess, Sonoda, just because... I mean he had a DNA. he didn't really do anything but I think you know his his interview after he he came in was kind of douchey to the rest of his team so I think if I had to pick one it would have been probably Yuki
0: I, I dude I don't know I don't nobody really stood out which makes me think like after talking about this I came in with the with the uh kind of like Sentiment of like, oh, we thought it was going to be a boring race, but it really was all right. And now, after talking about it, I think the race was more boring than I uh, than I realized. Um, but moving on, fastest pit stop minus Red Bull. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to really, you know, toot the horn here, but uh, this guess that I had no basis of knowledge on, I got right with Aston. You nailed it.
1: You nailed it. I and, nailed it. And actually, looking. I got second place, honestly, on my guess. So we both good did really good for the fastest pit stop—one and two, right there.
0: Good for us, dude. Yeah. I'm proud of us, honestly. Yeah, I know that was actually
1: the, the hardest one. The hardest one to figure out is that one, and I—I I mean, a one-two finish, not too bad. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. Congrats, you and me on the podium. Yeah. Um, and then lastly for our wild card prediction, um, what what was yours?
1: Yikes. So along with your driver of the day, this one was really bad. Alonzo will place ahead of Carlos Sainz at their home country GP. Couldn't have been further from the truth.
0: Yep. And, you know, finishing 10 places behind someone when you think they're going to finish ahead of someone. You know, it was it was not bad for uh, we, we were kind of teasing Alonzo. Really, he just had a bad strategy where like really if the race were just, I don't know, six to 10 laps shorter he probably would have, like, you know, been up there in the points, but he, I think he just got passed by everybody all at the same time, kind of toward the end of the race. My prediction was uh, that the first-time point scorer Kimi Raikkonen would uh, would bring some points home for Alfa Romeo. Uh, not super far off. He got 12th. That's kind of it seems like his uh, his comfort zone is between, like, 11th and, and 13th at this point. So, yeah, none of us for there. That rounds out a 5-2, or sorry, what is that? A 5-2. I think that it would be us. six to five. Six to, six to five. Six to five lead um, by me. So consider yourself overtaken in the Barcelona in Spain GP of all places. Um, and yeah, I think that's everything for race predictions. You want to roll into some FAQs?
1: Let's do it. All right. So some FAQs. Had a couple good ones in from some of the fans listening in, so we really um, appreciate you guys fans. sending those in. Continue to keep doing so. i uh, love to help out and answer any questions that you guys have. So the first one, and I think this is kind of relevant based off of what the race was this weekend, is what is an undercut? And this is exactly what Lewis Hamilton did against Max Verstappen, is where you pit before the car in front, and you have you know those extra laps on better tires in order to make up some time, and uh, Lewis did that undercut to perfection this this uh, to perfection on Sunday.
0: Yep, love it. Uh, the next question we had was about the slipstream um, and what like what a strip what a, stri- a strip stream. Heyo, Marco likes those. Yeah, <laughs> the slipstream. Um, It's essentially just when a car is in front of you and kind of facing that wind um, that happens when you're going 230 miles an hour. It kind of like gives you a little bit of a tunnel where you can go through. So, um, you know, the closer you get to the car in front of you, the more aerodynamics or the more of a block it is for the wind ahead. So it kind of just creates a hole in the air uh, and less air resistance for the car behind you.
1: Yes, and the last one that we're going to cover is... Easy question, uh, but, you know, maybe not a lot of people really think about it, but how many gears do the Formula One cars have? And it is actually eight gears that the drivers use.
0: Easy peasy, quick and easy, like they used to say.
1: We still say that all the time.
0: Jesus, let's wrap this up. Um, Perfect. Well, appreciate everybody listening if you got to this point. Um, next week is, or not next week, we have a two week race break, but, uh, after that we got Monaco. So we will do something between now and then, um, some kind of story or, uh, or driver spotlight. So be ready and stay tuned for that. But, uh, outside of that, that's all I got. Anything on your side, Marco?
1: Yeah. I just want to say, I would say listeners, please be on the lookout. So within these next two weeks, we're working on a massive, massive potential interview with a maybe old, former driver or current driver, and so that's something that we've been in the works for for quite some time, and I think we're going to be able to pull it out here shortly, so super, super excited, please be on the lookout for that, because that's going to be something that really is, uh, you know, groundbreaking news for us.
0: Yeah, and it's always going to be tough to get a driver, you know, they have like media contracts and stuff, um, and so we'll, we'll try to pull it off, but definitely no promises, um, and yeah, I think uh, if, if it does happen, it should happen, I think, next, by next episode, right?
1: I think that's what their agent and management team has been letting us know on.
0: Agent and management team. Dude, we record seven episodes, and all of a sudden we're talking to agents of drivers at the top, you know, the pinnacle of racing. So, I don't know. I'm impressed with, with you, honestly, being able to track this, this down.
1: It was a lot of hard work, a lot of long nights trying to get this sucker down, but uh, hopefully, <laughs> you know, I do it for the fans. Do it for the fans. Do it for the (laughs) listeners.
0: Awesome. All right, let's wrap it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you in a couple days. All
1: right, see you, assholes.